Strong Jobs Data Hurts Metals, and a First Nation group in BC Forms Royalty Company. Welcome to Kickle Roundtable. I'm your host, Michael McRae, with Paul Harris. The Federal Reserve continues to maintain a restrictive monetary policy, holding the Fed funds rate at its highest levels in nearly two decades. Yet gold managed to hold critical support levels, consolidating within a broad-based uptrend. That, according to Kiko editor Niels Christensen. The past week, investors received a clear message from the Federal Reserve that although they are preparing to lower interest rates, they are in no hurry just yet. The nail in the coffin of a rate next month was pounded in on Friday after data showed that the U.S. economy created a whopping 353,000 jobs last month, significantly beating expectations. At the same time, wage increases were 0.6% and are up 4.5%. Heading into the weekend, markets see only a 20% chance of a rate cut March, and they have pared back expectations for a rate cut in May. At the same time, investors continue to pile in equities, pushing up the S&P 500 and Dow Jones Industrial Average to new all-time highs. Despite these headwinds, April gold futures are ending the week with a nearly 1% gain, with prices testing resistance around 20.50 an ounce. In our weekly survey, a slim majority of Main Street voters thought gold would trade higher, while Wall Street analysts were overwhelmingly bearish. Oil continues to surprise to the downside, which should support margins at producers. Oil finished the week at $73 a barrel. Copper spiked midweek, nearing $4 a pound to settle back where it started due to a jobs number. Up next, Paul Harris, but first our sponsor... Stolen Gold, ticker SGD on the TSX Venture and SNWGF on the OTC is a Greenfield Gold Explorer advancing their 330,000 hectare land package in Canada's Yukon. Snowline's 2023 exploration program delivered one of the industry's top results, including one of the Yukon's best ever drill results in its 125-year history. Upcoming catalysts include plenty of news flow and the announcement of their 2024 exploration programs. Visit snowlinegold.com to keep up to date. Snowline Gold, ticker SGD on the TSX Venture. Paul, what caught your eye? Demand for gold established a new record in 2023 at 4,899 tonnes, according to the World Gold Council, as the buying streaks by central banks continued. Central bank buying reached 1,037 tonnes last year, the second highest on record, with central bank holdings over 7,500 tonnes for the second successive year. Prior to 2022, central bank holdings had not topped 5,000 tonnes for more than a decade. However, investment demand was at its lowest since 2014 as outflows from exchange-traded funds continued to slide for the third consecutive year. Mine production was flat at 3,644 tonnes, while record prices in many major currencies helped lift recycling 9% to 1,237 tonnes, as total supply increased 3% overall. Executives from several silver companies urged the Canadian government to designate silver as a critical mineral, as a key input to the clean energy transition, principally its use in solar panels. Sticking with silver, the reboot of the SILJ Silver Exchange Traded Fund as the Amplify Junior Silver Miners ETF caused turmoil in some stocks this week, as 27 names were booted from the ETF and 18 added, causing gains of up to 37% in some share prices and falls of up to 38% in others, as the fund pivoted away from explorers towards producers and developers. Nation Royalty was formed by Canada's Nishka First Nation and Vegan Mining to become Canada's largest majority Indigenous-owned public company, specialising in royalties on resource projects. 
with an initial portfolio of five royalties held by the Nishka Nation on mines and development projects within the Golden Triangle of British Columbia. The Nishka Nation will initially own 76.5% of the company, which aims to extend the concept to other First Nations in Canada. Barrick Gold is to spend another 136 million US dollars to close its Pasca Gold project in central Chile and comply with the 2018 closure order as the costs for the failed development continue to mount. Since 2000, Barrick has spent at least 5.7 billion on Pasqualama on exploration and development, severance and demobilization, roughly equivalent to its current debt load. South Korean state company Korea Mine Re- Rehabilitation and Mineral Resources, or COMA, is to sue Panama for 1 trillion won, about 747 million US dollars, under the free trade agreement between South Korea and Panama, over expected losses from the forced closure of the Cobre Panama mine last year. COMIA acquired a 10% stake in Minera Panama, First Quantum Minerals Panamanium subsidiary that owns the mine, in 2009. First Quantum itself filed an International Chamber of Commerce claim against Panama in November. Finally, Oceana Gold filed a prospectus with the Philippine Securities and Exchange Commission for the proposed initial public offering of a 20% stake in its Didipio mine as part of a commitment made to the government for its permit renewal in 2021 and a 25-year fiscal agreement. Maybe First Quantum should have included something similar when it renegotiated its operating contract with Panama in 2023. That's it for us. You can follow me, Michael McRae, on X. That's McRae with two C's. And Paul Harris is at Paul Harris Gold. On behalf of Paul and myself, have a pleasant weekend.